greeting in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Family, I'm excited again for us to get back to the book of Philippians. I want us to meditate again. We're gonna I want you to meditate on the book of Philippians chapter 3 and um, let's just look through this book and um, come to an understanding what this book really means because in the challenging times that we are living in, the book of Philippians is a very, very important book for us right now because there are so many things that's happening and it's gonna happen and it's a seasonal, it's a seasonal, it's an in-season book. Let I not say it's a seasonal, it's an in-season book for every generation, for every believer. Now we are living in a time where the book of Philippians is important and um, we know that the book of Philippians is, the theme of this book is your life in Christ and my life in Christ. Now remember when we started the book of Philippians chapter 1, we learned that Christ is our life and uh, we spoke on Philippians, the main verse in that chapter was Philippians 1 verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Then when we came to Philippians chapter 2, we understood Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 was our main verse in Philippians chapter 2. And this spoke about Christ being our example. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now when we come to the book of Philippians chapter 3, very important to understand. And we look at our, our theme scripture for this specific book. It's what this book is based, what this particular chapter his book is based about or around and we look at philippians chapter 3 14 says through christ jesus god has blessed the gentiles with the same blessing he promised to abraham okay sorry that is the wrong book i'm very sorry very sorry for that error <laughs> 3 verse 14 i press on to reach the end of the race and i believe the heavenly prize for which god through christ jesus is calling us so the main goal in Philippians chapter 3 is that our pressing on towards the goal. That is what we have come to understand what we are living for. That is the main prize in every believer's life. Is to press towards the mark of the prize. We read it again. We press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. For which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So that is our goal. And so we're going to start with Philippians chapter 3 from verse 1. Hallelujah. From verse 1. We're going to stick to the theme of Christ being our goal. And um, I believe that in this first three verses, the Apostle Paul teaches us on how to be alert how to be alert the apostle paul has been a pastor to to his to his to the people that he has led to the lord and um, um, in the, this is a church that paul planted and paul really loved the people and so as a pastor you know we we care for the flock and we would like to reach people i mean for pastors that really has shepherd's hearts corona has been the one thing that has been that has affected us big time as shepherds because we love the flock does that the church that the church at this moment is closed that we're on lockdown is not what we love to do family we will love to fellowship we love to pray with you and this is the apostle paul is speaking to this church in philippi 
and um, it's an amazing church that he has planted and he's doing a, he has done a great work in Philippi, Philippi and um, he's writing this letter and he has not seen the church for about a couple of years I think maybe it could be anything between seven to ten years he has not seen the people and he's writing this letter from the bottom of his heart and um, today we're gonna see some of the the things that West pastors also try to encourage the church and um, some of the things we're gonna look at tonight is that sometimes West pastors when we preach it sounds like we are on repeat but when we are on repeat it is for the benefit of those we are leading because sometimes we need to bring to remembrance we need to remind and therefore sometimes god always also brings to remembrance and reminds us so that we do not forget and here we see in this um letter that paul writes to the apostles and we see a a pastor's heart and um, he's encouraging this church this great church on how to um you know how to do things but uh, in this chapter we're gonna the 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 the, the the highest point of this chapter is to teach us that Christ is our goal. This is the main theme in this particular chapter. So let's look at it. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Now, Paul is here encouraging the church. In, and you know they are going through a tough time. They are suffering persecution, hardships and difficulties. But Paul says to him, you know, whatever happens, rejoice. And rejoice is a word that he uses in every chapter of this book. Rejoice, be joyful. And so he's encouraging this awesome church to continue to rejoice, to continue to rejoice. He says here, listen to what the Bible says, whatever happens, right now we're in a time in whatever happens, yet we need to rejoice. Remember we said in chapter one that joy only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other way in this world we can find joy. Through the world we only find happiness. But in relationship with God, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, we find joy. And so Paul says, whatever you are going through, whatever you are facing, rejoice. Rejoice. And then he goes further and he says, I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. So Paul is saying, you know, I'm, I'm repeating myself continually to you because this is so that it will always be a remembrance that it will, you know, sometimes when we're teaching our children discipline and certain things, we are teaching them so that they can put it into their hearts and it can remain there and it can safeguard them. And sometimes when we are, sometimes we, people would say we are nagging and we are, we are like a broken record. But this is what Paul is saying, you know, even if I'm doing this, it is to safeguard you. So every time I'm bringing you to remembrance, every time I'm warning you about something or encouraging you about something continually, it's to safeguard you, to protect you, to protect you. And Paul teaches us this important lesson in this Philippians chapter 3. And we look at this one and we understand that he says, rejoice, rejoice, have joy in the Lord. So the first thing we look in this verse is to have joy in the Lord. Be joyful, rejoice in the Lord. Even no matter what we are going through church, we are facing crunch times, we are facing hard times, people are facing um, uncertainties in life, there's no certainties, there's no securities, 
The only security we have is in Jesus Christ. The only security that we have is putting faith in God and everything that he has. So when we look at this and Paul says rejoice, rejoice, hallelujah. Because he understood that to rejoice is to have this, that Jesus Christ is always with us, is to be in this constant relationship, walking with God, enjoying the fellowship with the Lord. And this leads us to continually having joy. The world has happiness right now. And we see many people are depressed. Suicide is on an increase. Divorce is on an increase. Many things are happening on an increase because people are now losing control of themselves. But when our faith is placed in Jesus Christ and we're growing in the relationship with Christ, we don't possess happiness. We have joy. And what does the Bible say? The joy of the Lord is our strength. That is what Nehemiah said. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. So we need to have joy. We need to rejoice. We need to rejoice in the fact that we are children of God. We need to rejoice in the fact that we are forgiven. We need to rejoice that our eternity is secured. We need to rejoice that the blood has washed us from every single sin. We need to rejoice that God is our Father. We have many good reasons to rejoice. Remember the world has no hope. But as the church of God, we have hope because we are children of the king. We are children of the king, not a king. He's the king. The Bible calls him king above all kings and lord above all lords. And that is what he is to us. And remember today, you have a reason, church, rejoice. Again, I say, as I encourage you, rejoice. Hallelujah. The word rejoice could mean the same like Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when we do rejoice, we are saying and we are declaring, praise the Lord. And what does the Bible say? That everything that has breath should praise the Lord. And do we have breath today? Start praising God. If you want to get out of discouragement, if you want to get out of depression, if you want to get out of being down and out, praise God. God today. I'm telling you church, if we can praise God, you will get out of that pit, you'll get out of that depression, you'll get out of that discouragement because you will then listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. No matter what happens, family, rejoice. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Let's look at a very, very a powerful example of somebody that rejoiced in the midst of terrible circumstances. When we go to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk 1, 2, and 3, a very short book, but a very, very interesting book. Habakkuk questioning God, asking God questions, why certain things are happening. But then Habakkuk comes to the conclusion that God is God. And at the end of the book of Habakkuk, listen to what he says. No matter what happens, even though the fig tree have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty. This is Habakkuk 3 verse 17 to 19. And the field lie empty and barren. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice. Hallelujah. Yet I will rejoice. Somebody's got a reason today to rejoice. And listen to this. This, this is a joy that this guy had. This is a joy that Habakkuk had. Hallelujah. He had a joy in the Lord because he understood one interesting revelation in chapter 2 of Habakkuk is that the just shall live by his faith. Faith in who? Faith in God. Because God will never let us down. God will never leave us. 
God will never forsake us. And so therefore you have a reason, church, to rejoice. Rejoice today in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. We have a joy. We, we have joy in the Lord. May you be filled today with the spirit of joy. May you be filled today with the joy of the Lord. May the joy of the Lord touch your heart and fill your heart. Rejoice in the Lord. How do we, some of the things that we learn to walk in this joy and to continually, the first thing that we need to understand is that have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is ultimate because the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. Then the second thing as we continue on this journey as a child of God, listen to preaching, listen to gospel music, continually keep yourself connected to God in this hour. Do not break fellowship. Do not become disconnected. Remain connected at all times. And through this, you'll begin to, you'll walk in, you'll walk in connection with God, which means you're continually plugged into God. And this means that you have the power source that is flowing into your life. And through this power source now, you can now enjoy the joy of the Lord because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The joy of the Lord, hallelujah. The, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And since he is in you, enjoy the joy of the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Sometimes, you know, during this time, watch. Sometimes, make, make, get, get around also positive people. Get around people filled with joy. Get around people that will, that will, that will inspire you and will not um, demotivate you. So there's, there's things that you need to do also in this season, you know. Don't get around people that are going to be discouraging factor to you. Get around people that's going to build your faith. Get around people that's going to that's gonna motivate you. Listen to some preachings. Listen to, to, to some teachings that God will continue to build you up in this hour in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Rejoice in the Lord. In the Old Testament, the word rejoice would be maybe translated in one of the things that will say hallelujah. Hallelujah. To rejoice is to hallelujah. As I said, joy must be cultivated. It must be cultivated in our lives. Joy must be cultivated. We must, we must fight against complaining. We must fight against to, to murmur. These are things that we need to avoid when we want to walk in joy. You must not, you must not be a, you must not walk in, you must not complain. You must not murmur, questioning God. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Let us continue to walk in the joy of the Lord. Do not find fault in what is happening right now. Do not place your focus on what is happening. Place your focus on God. Everything happens for a reason and for a season. And I believe that when we come out of this, we're going to understand why we have to go through it. Glory be to God. We must resist temptation today to become depressed in any way. Resist depression. Whatever you can do, resist depression. Find some fun facts to do. If you have something that you can listen to, listen, watch some, watch some powerful Christian movies. There's some powerful Christian movies out that you can just watch and be motivated and be stirred up continually and stay connected with God in relationship to prayer, through the word, 
do what Paul did. Paul taught us these things. Paul had a relationship with God. Paul prayed all the time in the spirit. Paul walked with God. Therefore, no circumstances could break Paul. Paul rejoiced. Paul was joyful. I mean, Paul is in his trouble, but yet he's motivating people that's not in the same crisis he's facing. People on the outside wanted to cry for what's happening to Paul on the inside, and he would encourage those on the outside to be happy and to be joyful, not to cry for him, because Paul had a joy that nobody could take away. There was a song that he used to sing, the joy that I have. Nobody, or, or, or I might just sing the song a little bit wrong, but the joy that I have, nobody can take it away, nobody can, can do anything, because it does not come from people. This joy is from the Lord. Hallelujah. This joy is from the Lord. So I pray today that you will understand that first understanding as Paul gave us, he said rejoice. And the second thing in verse 1, Paul was telling us that he was that he was repeating some things he has told the Philippians. And as I said, that's the heart of a pastor. A pastor likes to continually encourage some people or encourage a church with some of the same things. It's not that where pastors don't have something new to say. But sometimes it's what God impresses on our hearts continually to mention something from the pulpit in our teachings because it will help you. Paul says it's one of the benefits for this is to safeguard you. To safeguard you. Because if something is repeated to you, that means there is importance in it. And so Paul is now going to tell us what is he, what has he been warning the people about. The first thing that Paul teaches us in Philippians chapter 2 and we're going to read Philippians chapter 3 verse 2. Philippians chapter 3 verse 2. Look out for those dogs. Those are what the Bible or that time they would call the, 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 the people that were, that were part of Judaism. And those legalists. Look out for those mischief makers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. That is what the Bible says. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. But now we're going to understand the importance of the scripture. It's a very important part of what Paul is trying to teach us. What Paul is trying to teach us here. There comes times in the church where people will come with certain teachings, certain traditions. Remember, one of the things that we need to understand is that the church must not be built around traditions. The church or the Bible must not be influenced by culture. That is very, very key to understand. Why do I mention this today? When certain, when the Bible is around culture and traditions of cities and nations, which means the Bible then has to be altered all the time. When Hitler wanted to kill the Jews, Hitler took the Bible, got some people to write, rewrite the Bible. And what he rewrote in the Bible was, he took everything out of the Bible that, that mentioned that Jesus was a Jew or that Jesus is, um, yeah, that Jesus, sorry, that Jesus was a Jew. And by doing this, he could now encourage the Christians to kill the Jews because they were like enemies to the Christians. What happened? The end result was six million Jews lost their lives because the Bible was now was now becoming culturally correct, but 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 missing the whole entire mark of what it was, what its purpose was, and losing its authenticity. Authenticity is authenticness, 
and therefore now people lost their lives. When we look at certain cultures in our cities, in our nations, some many times people try to make the Bible into their culture or into their bring the Bible into their cultural traditions. And what does this do? This brings burdens upon people. It's like, for example, some people have the hat. When you wear a hat to church, you are then a godly person. Some churches have when you wear a pants as a lady, you are not godly, you are ungodly. Some churches have um, many traditions. Many churches have traditions. And what is these traditions? It's man-made traditions. And what do they focus importantly on these traditions? Most churches have books that has laws and the church is governed by these laws. And so what happens to the church now? People are now no longer born again because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. But people has now come into a, into a system, into a culture, into traditions. And the Bible clearly tells us that these type of things cannot save us. What can save us is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the only way we can be saved. There are certain things that we do as Christians. We pray, we fast, all of these things. But that does not get us saved. What gets us saved is simply believing in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. So when Paul is saying, I'm warning you to safeguard you, Paul was encouraging the, the church because in the time of, the, of writing this letter, Philippi was a colony of Rome. Rome was under the control of Caesar. But in Philippi, there were also, there were also people that was influencing the culture of the people. And who were these people? They were, these were Jews amongst the believers. And so these were Jews that would try to discourage the people, the Christians, about their relationship with Jesus Christ because they believed they needed to do some things in order for their relationship to be completely right with God. But Paul is now saying, listen, I want to warn you. And I believe as a pastor also, I want to warn you. There's nothing that gets us right with God than being born again and being a child of God. There's nothing. If you are not born again, if you are not, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not born again. Traditions, cultures, and different things has messed up the Bible over the centuries, has messed up the work of God over the centuries because people try to change the word of God to fit their cultures and their traditions. The, that's why Jesus said, you cannot put new wine into old wine skins. It will burst. We cannot. And he said that to the Pharisees. He cannot put this new revelation of the cross into their old way of thinking because they will not understand it. And many a times these, these people, these Jews or these Judas wanted control over the people. And so what they did was they brought in these cultures and brought in these old traditions. Now it's very, very interesting. We're going to look at something in this book of Philippians that is very, very interesting in chapter 2. Very interesting. Let's read Philippians chapter 2 again. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2. I want us to read this and 
understand the importance of this particular verse. We are doing a study and I, I thank God that you that you're going to go into the notes and check this out and make God just make God just um, richly enhance your understanding and your knowledge and may you just grow in that area of your life. Beware of the dogs. Now this is what Paul starts off with. He says beware of the dogs. Now we say these are the, the Jews, the the Jews, right? They were from, from Jerusalem and they claimed that they had Jesus Christ. But what they brought into the church was the church had to keep the law. The believers had to keep the law as well as following Jesus. So they had to go back to the law and keep the laws, all the laws, because that will make them in right relationship with God. This is going to be very interesting as we continue because we are in a generation where churches has traditions and you must do this to get this and you must do this to go to heaven and you must this or else you are not right then. So we have a lot of these things like some churches have confirmation class. Some churches have um, catechism. Some groups have different types of things and you must go through this or else you will not be right then. I'm a, there's so many traditions and things in the church and we have the Jehovah Witness and we have the Seventh-day Adventists and there's so many cults and things that has come infiltrated the church because of people believing in certain things. Like, for example, the Seventh-day Adventist believes that if you do not keep the Sabbath, you will go to hell because you are not keeping the holy day. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. There are certain traditions and cultures we have all grown up with in our churches. And these cultures that actually shaped our mentality, how we thinking as believers. We are belonging to certain church movements and certain church groups that has instilled some things into us that makes us live a life under laws and not under grace. And this is what they brought, right? We must understand that Paul brought the gospel of grace to the Philippian church. He did not bring the law of Moses. He brought the the, the the gospel of grace and so now the Paul uses this words dogs dogs were were filthy animals back then and it wasn't like a wasn't like a domestic animal where people love dogs dogs was filthy roaming animals in the street eating from garbage so Paul now knew the Jews hated this word and so he calls them dogs hallelujah he calls them dogs then he says beware of the evil workers so what is these evil workers doing? These evil workers are mixing Jesus Christ with the law. Now, what does that mean to us today, Pastor? There are many things in the, in the church that has been mixed. And so many of us, like, for example, January is a time of fasting. But it does not mean that when you don't fast, you're going to go to hell. But fasting is good for the believer. I hope I'm making myself clear. I'm not saying don't fast. I'm saying fasting is good. But some people has made fasting now become like a law. And so some people are so guilty when they don't fast, they even lose their salvation. Some people, there are many things that has been brought into the church, traditions. And, and some of you that come from traditional churches will know what I'm speaking about. You know there are certain laws that govern the church. And these laws are not even kept by the leaders because laws make you want to sin. Laws don't bring freedom. Laws bring bondage. And so here were these, these evil leaders 
pretending to be Christians, but trying to make these people live through Jesus Christ, but also by laws. And that is when we find bondage. That is where we find people being captive. We need to live in the liberty to which Christ Jesus has called us. Church, we are free. You are free. The Bible says the Spirit of God has made us, has called us into, we are called into liberty. We are free. Now, freedom does not mean that we just live like we want to and do as we please. There are things that we need to apply to our life. We need to walk with God. We need to live holy. We need to live righteous. But they are not, these are not laws and traditions. These are things that the Bible says, I will give you a new heart. And because of this new heart, you will have a desire to be obedient to me. But what these guys did in Philippians 2, and Paul calls them dogs. The first thing he says is, what we learn in this particular portion of scripture is that we need to resist enemies. And Paul will deal with the many enemies in this chapter. Because they are enemies of the cross. There are enemies that are preaching, people that are preaching another gospel, people that are preaching another way, people that are preaching another Jesus. And we need to be on the alert church, especially in this end times. Therefore, I take a lot of time teaching because one, I, want you, I want you to be well taught and well groomed. So when these challenges come and these people come and you come across their paths, that you are ready and you are on alert. And as Paul says, these things I'm saying to you to safeguard you so that you not be led astray. Today we are we are we are we are living in a generation where 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 where, where prophets and certain people that are not of God but are claiming to be of God, and what they are doing is they are sleeping with people in the church and doing crazy things and saying through this you'll have a closer relationship with God. There are people that is practicing witchcraft in church and they say, if you do it like this, this is the only way God will bless you. But I'm telling you, there are certain things that are from demons. And we need to be on the alert. We need to be careful. And how does, how does the devil work? He works through people. He's going to use people. And therefore, I'm always trying to teach the word of God because as the body of Christ, we must stay in the word of God. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Stay in the word of God. Isaiah 56 and verse 10 says, the prophet calls the false, the false prophet dumb dogs. He calls them dumb dogs. And so here we see Paul is calling them dogs. They are dogs. What are they come, coming to do? They are coming to destroy what Paul has built. But Paul is now being a a, a loving pastor and is putting the church on alert. Therefore, church, when I teach and I do what I'm doing, I want you to be on alert. I want you to be well-groomed, well-built up in the word of God so that in this last days, the Bible says, many will be deceived, even the elect of God. So that means that nobody is, is deception-proof, but we can become deception-proof if we continually walk and live with God. Remember these teachings that I'm giving you. May it stick in your heart. Walk in close, close relationship with God and the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalms 22 verse 16, the Bible speaks about these dogs pierced him. What did the Jews do? They pierced Jesus. They are the ones who crucified him. Hallelujah. They are the ones who Crucify him. Jesus uses words like Matthew 7 verse 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs. 
do not give what is holy to dogs let's let's get into that scripture matthew 7 and verse 6 lord i praise you god you are so awesome hallelujah don't waste what is holy well i read it from the new the new american standard bible do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them under their feet and tear you to pieces so do not give what is holy so he calls it you know there are certain secrets and treasures you cannot give to dogs because they're not going to appreciate it and they will use those very things against you sooner or later so we need to be aware and alert church are we I pray that God is working in your heart. Jesus went as far as calling unbelievers dogs. Jesus said, we cannot give the children's bread to dogs. This is what Jesus said. Isn't that so? So Jesus called that Gentile woman, that unbeliever, a dog. But here Paul now degrades the Jews and says to the Jews, you are dogs. You are dogs. Be careful of the dogs, the Jews. Because they have now come in to try to destroy what he has built. Remember, believer, whenever good things are built in your life, there will always come test and trial from people that will try to break down those good value systems in your life. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's read Titus 1 verse 15 and 16. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt, and unbelieving so these people are corrupt and unbelieving because they have the pure truth of the gospel but here because they're unbelieving these things cannot transform them listen to what he says because their minds and conscience are corrupt such people claim they know god like these jews they claim they know god like many of the churches that are traditional and and wants to be traditional churches they claim to know god but listen to this they claim to know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. Because even though they claim to know God through their traditions and keep them so holy, many of them are living a life of sin. Many of them are bound by sin. Many of them are under Satan's rulership and leadership. They are people who are disobedient and worthless of doing anything good. They don't even do good, but they're expecting you to hold and keep to their traditions. And Paul is rebuking this people sharply paul is speaking against them and believers we are living in the end time we need to be careful of dogs many of you are sitting under our teachings sitting under the word of god you're gonna have people come and you're gonna have people trying to distract you or try to detract you and take you out of the church and try to take you off course but be alert and be awake the bible says the next thing he says be aware of the evil workers be aware of the evil workers hallelujah be aware <coughs> sorry of these evil workers this is powerful i want you to listen to this be aware of the evil workers let's read philippians chapter 3 verse 2 philippians chapter 3 and verse 2 watch out for the dogs those who do evil so he says watch out for the dogs and those who do evil those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved so he's dealing with the evil workers right now listen to this it's very powerful circumcision was part of the old covenant and was very very important for those for the jews 
in the days of Moses up until the day Jesus Christ came. And so every Jew, even Paul, as we read Philippians chapter 3, Paul even says, I was a Jew of all Jews, circumcised on the eighth day. Every Jewish son had to be circumcised on the eighth day. This was an important um, commandment from the Lord, and this ensured or brought them into the covenant they had with God in the Old Testament. And look at this now. It was so important, but let's listen to how Paul changes this. What was now so important in the Old Testament, Paul does not call it circumcision now. He says these guys are cutting you, they are mutilating you. He's using a very, very interesting word here. And I I, I, I pray that we can, he says you are being, they are mutilators. They are mutilating the flesh. So it's no more a, a holy thing they are doing by circumcising now. It's called mutilation. It's called something that 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 Paul now looks at and he grieves his heart. Not that circumcision is wrong. How they may do circumcision, but they, nothing is attached to circumcision. When we get circumcised in this life now, we don't get circumcised because it's going to make us right with God. So what do we learn from this important thing? These traditions and things, if Paul could call it. You would call it certain hectic, heavy names because these things carry no value. It has no meaning. So by you being now circumcised, it has no meaning. By you now being um, certain traditions in churches, people do crazy traditions and believe that if you don't do it, you're not going to heaven. But the only way to heaven is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm speaking to people today and I know there are traditions that you are forced to do. And if you don't do it, you don't, you, they, they don't believe you're part of the remnant in, the, in, that, in that body. You're not part of the clan. You're not part of the people. But the Bible calls these people evil workers, mischief people, people that are up to mischief, people that are continuously rewriting church laws, church books. Maybe somebody just feels they don't like something. Now they make it a law in the church. And what do they do now is they're putting burdens upon people. And if people don't do this, they are no not right. Now, something started off right. I mean, the Methodists and many other great churches started off, started off in a godly way. But they became distracted when they started adding man-made rules. Or when they made certain things laws where Jesus didn't want to be, become laws. That's why some people will fast, will fast. But because a fast has been made a law, people now fast under bondage and not under a spirit of freedom and liberty. And so not many people experience breakthroughs in their fast. But when we now use what God has given us and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we then become alert to these evil workers. I'm warning you today, people, be careful of people that wants to put certain things on you that tells you when you don't do this, your relationship with God will not be right. The only thing that makes your relationship God with God right is being born again. All the other good things that we do, remember, we are not saved by good works. We are saved to do good works. And so when we get saved, we do the good works. So these people were trying to confuse these people in Philippi now telling them they're not saved enough. And that is what happens to many of us. Sometimes bondages come, you are not saved enough. You are not saved enough because you're not keeping this law. You're not keeping this tradition. You're, uh, this is old age tradition. This is the, the founder of this church started this tradition. And if you don't keep them, you're not going to go to heaven. Be careful. Be careful, says Paul, because Paul calls these people, people that, be, that, that claim to know God, 
but they there's no they don't they claim to know god right but they deny him by the way they live so these to do judah people were claiming to know god they were claiming to be holy people but they were not holy they were confused and we need to be careful about people that are confused be careful of the evil workers second corinthians 11 verse 13 these people are false prophets they are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of christ be careful for false apostles be careful for false prophets not everybody that that speaks or says they're a prophet or an apostle or pastor or teacher evangelist be careful the bible says in philippians 3 verse 19 and we will get to this though but he says here these type of people are heading for destruction their god is their appetite they brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth that is what paul says how you will identify people that are not really truly saved or people that are not really living for god what is that the first thing that we look at that the god is their appetite what is their appetite is their fleshly desires always wanting the things of the world always filled with the desires of the world and we need to be careful for that they brag about shameful things they brag about things that are not godly. They brag about things that God does, that, that God detests, that God hates. And here we find people bragging about shameful things. And we need to be alert that we do not brag about shameful things. But we'll get deep into this when we get to that verse. And they only think about this life on this earth. Many people are living for themselves. And because they're living for themselves, they will die without Christ. And that is what Paul calls people that are living for themselves is people that are people that that Paul says are heading for destruction. Three types of things you know that people are heading for destruction is when their God is their appetite, is when they brag about shameful things, and is when they only live for this life on this earth. Then Paul goes to to Romans six verse verse eighteen and he says, "Such people are not serving Christ our Lord; they are serving their own personal interests." By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. So be careful of how church, what this verse is encouraging about, be discerning. It's not how nice people can present the message. It's not how nice people can tell you about Jesus. The important thing is you need to look at their lives, their fruits. You need to look at what they are. Are they really living for God? So be careful. This is a message of warning today as a pastor. And I pray that you will take these warnings and live by them. The next thing that that Paul says, hallelujah, as we spoke about, is people, they are, they are more interested in the circumcision. They are more interested in the circumcision. So what does this mean? They are more interested in man-made things. As I say it again, the, the importance to them is not your salvation on how you came to Jesus Christ, but they are playing, and they, their importance is about man-made rules, man-made ways to get themselves right with God. Because they are trying to build a fan club. They are trying to build a, a movement or a group that is around them. That's why we have the Jehovah Witness. That's why we have the Seventh-day Adventists. Therefore, we have many other movements that have been built around a man. Even today, the Catholic Church has been built around a man, around the Pope. And we need to be careful. And there's many rules and regulations in this church for people to apply and to do and this. But what do we find mostly in this type of traditional churches? We find sinners. We find people that do not fear God. People that are not, they are more in bondage than in freedom. They are more, they are more, they are more tied up. 
and liberated. And we need to be, caref be careful of those people. Now we conclude with this last verse today. And it's verse 3 on Philippians. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3. And our next point that we're going to conclude with is we need to refrain from the flesh. We need to refrain from the flesh. What does that mean today? Excuse me. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. So Paul now says, do not follow these traditions. Do not follow these things that man has made. What is the true circumcision? Listen to this. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Jesus said it in the Gospels. They that worship me must worship me how? In spirit and in truth. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us and we put no confidence, we put no confidence, listen to this, in human effort. And when we go to the next portion of scriptures, we will understand Paul had all the reason to glory. Paul had a high pedigree. Paul had qualifications that not many people had. Paul could boast in that, Paul could depend on that. But listen to what Paul says. Paul says, I read the verse again, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. What do we rely on? We rely on the finished work of the cross. We rely on Jesus, what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. That is the most important things we are relying upon. Not man-made traditions, not man-made rules. Not what people would try to put in that is not of God. We put no confidence in human effort. You should have no dependence upon yourself. Therefore, when Paul comes to Jesus through the revelation of Jesus Christ, as we will read in verse 4 to 8, Paul now, nothing else matters to him. Nothing is of more importance to him than his goal is to reach to know Jesus Christ. That is the highest goal, the goal to reach Christ. And that is what we see Paul here brings us to a place that we as people must not be so worldly, so fleshly, so carnally, that, that what we have in this world makes us up. Because when we stand before God, none of these things will be of importance. What is important to, 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 to what Paul teaches us is in Galatians 2 verse 20, is that our greatest desire is that we must live for him because he, lived, he died for us. The next thing he teaches us is goal. Our goal in Philippians chapter 3 is that Paul says this one thing that I'm pursuing. Hallelujah. I press on to, to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. That is his highest desire. I'm not saying that we mustn't be successful in this life. I'm not saying that we mustn't be prosperous or, or achieve great things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying these must not become our primary um, focuses and goals in life. What should be our primary focus is to be in a greater, deeper, in-depth relationship with Jesus Christ. And we learn this powerful things that the Bible teaches us and what the Lord is trying to bring here to us. Many times people will add, try to bring things into the church, try to bring things so that people can be in bondage and we need to be careful that we do not get caught up. Our main focus, our lives must be totally focused on Jesus Christ, living for Jesus Christ. It must be our main aim. It must be what we live for, what we do. Hallelujah. 
Our total reliance must be on Jesus so that we can walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, do the things of the Spirit. That's why the Bible says, let's look at some of the scriptures that just encourage us. When we look at Galatians, we look at Galatians. Galatians chapter... Galatians chapter... Or we start off with a few scriptures as we conclude. I just want to read some of these scriptures as part of the teaching that you will just get an understanding. No... Listen to what the Bible says, because here the Jews in Romans were bragging about their rights and their privileges as Jews. But here, listen to what Jesus says, what is a true Jew? No, a true Jew is one who is right with God, and true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit, which only comes by the Spirit. How does this change begin? It begins when we become children of God. That gives the Holy Spirit now the right to work in our lives. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from man. Hallelujah. So this is when your heart has been transformed. Your praise that you are seeking right now, man's praise means nothing to you. The praise of God is of uttermost importance to you. The next verse we read is just to help you. I just want to help you and I pray that, that you will understand what Paul was trying to say. When we talk about circumcision, we are talking about anything that people will try to place in the place of Christ that will want to make you walk in and telling you if you're not doing this, you will not be right with God. Anything, any tradition, any cultural things people has come from. Um, we know in our black cultures they are doing circumcision and it's to do with many things. But many of these things are is doors that opens to demon powers to access one's life. And we need to be very alert. Hallelujah. Galatians 6 verse 15. It doesn't matter whether you have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into new creations. Very, very powerful. So Paul is saying, doesn't matter the traditions. What is important is, has a genuine change taken place in your life? Have you been transformed into a new creation? Because you can be doing everything right according to the tradition, but never be transformed. That is what Titus 1 verse 16 says. And Paul is writing Galatians. Galatians to the church of Galatia, where there was many Jews questioning this, this way of God. And they wanted to bring back the laws. And Paul said, listen, if you break one law, you are guilty of all the law. If you live under the law, you cannot also live under grace. So you need to choose. That's what he brought to their understanding. What a wonderful teacher Paul was. A man of great insight and revelation. Listen to the next thing that Paul encourages. He says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives in your marriage raising your children your workplace your business follow the spirit be led by the spirit the spirit will give you divine ideas the spirit will give you supernatural wisdom like joseph joseph was telling before king pharaoh king pharaoh said this is the situation god interprets the dream god gives joseph supernatural wisdom he was walking with god I pray that God will give you supernatural wisdom as you are being led by the Spirit and the Spirit will lead you. This being led by the Spirit means that you are being, that what you do now, you are living by the Spirit and you bring pleasure to God and to Him alone. Romans 5 and verse 17. For the son of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. We have received the gift of righteousness, right? We have received the gift of right. Remember, through Adam, all of us have sinned. But now through Christ, the new Adam, or the second Adam, we have now received the gift of righteousness. And what does this gift enable us? For all who receive it will triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. 
So what does this gift of righteousness do? Gives you victory over sin. Not living by laws gives you victory over sin. Not doing certain things outside of outside of Jesus Christ will get you to be overcome. It doesn't matter if you sometimes going through some things that people will do to overcome sin. I mean, sometimes you can do it to anyone. They have it to break a sin. Ah, it might last for a season, but if you do not have, if Jesus Christ did not give you the victory over that sin, that sin will still come into your life again. Somewhere, somehow, it will rise. But the Bible says we have received the gift. We have received a wonderful grace. The one translation says we have received overflowing grace and the gift of righteousness. The Bible says an abundance of grace. What is abundance of grace? Grace enables us to live a victorious life for Jesus. Grace enables me and you so that we can live victoriously. Remember that. Overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness puts us in right standing with God. And the Bible says now, through this right standing with God, we will now reign as kings in this life. Reign over sin. I mean, if there's one thing people want victory over, is sin. Because when we have victory over sin, we are free. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We're coming. I'm just giving you a few scriptures just for your study and just to enable you and empower you. Galatians 6 verse 14. As for me, I have never boasted about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ because of that cross. Now remember, in Philippians 3, he gives us the reasons why he could boast. But now he says, I don't boast about anything, but only of what Jesus Christ has done. Hallelujah. Because of the cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also been crucified. When Jesus Christ died, Paul says in in Romans chapter 6, we died with him. When Jesus Christ was raised, we were raised to this new life. So Paul says, my desires have been crucified. So church, through Jesus Christ, the desires for this world can be crucified. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Romans 8. Verse 39, Romans 8 and verse 39. No power in the sky above or in heaven on earth below or in nothing in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ. He loved us so much and nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Hallelujah. And so we understand that as we're going to build on this Philippians chapter 3, Christ is our goal and we're going to see how to reach that goal by eliminating certain things, focusing on certain things so that Christ becomes the only focus in our lives. And when we come to this place, we will be as Paul that says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. May God richly bless you and let us continue to study, remain in the word, and in prayer during these trying times. God bless you. We love you. I'm Pastor Ashwin, Christ Jesus the King Ministries. Blessings to you.